This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Let's Talk Arsenal series, a show in which I'm joined by always a fantastic guest. But I haven't got a fantastic guest. I've got a glorious one. It's Sophie from the Highbury Squad. How are you doing, Sophie? You good? I'm you very well? happy, Tom. Yes. Have you recovered from Chicago? Are you good? Yes. Yeah, I, I have. <laughs> I when I got obviously I got back on Tuesday and then I kind of stayed up because it was just a case of like I just need to stay awake as long as possible. And then go to bed, and then by the time I wake up in the morning, I'll be reset. But I tell you what, the seven a.m. starts to get up and make the eight a.m. show has been—it's been a challenge. <laughs> so yeah, it's. But I feel good. How have you felt since getting back to? The, yeah, the yeah, I'm happy. I don't have to have that awful shot ever again, which I started calling Merlot just to be able to never kind say of... never. You know, it's probably going to happen <laughs> at true. some point in the future. It will. Yeah, it will. Uh, what a great group of people, though. I know you've talked about it too. We haven't talked about it on a show, but. Wow, I've got all my gear here. I've got my my Guna Palooza t-shirt, my my Detroit <laughs> scarf. Um, Remy gave me this hat, um, which was amazing. All the stickers, all the all the different groups. Um, yeah. Amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, I've got so much. I was given so many things: stickers, wristbands, hats. You know the the generosity and the kindness of the people that were there. It's been great seeing people jump in the chat box, like uh, S J Chan, who uh, only came along for the uh, the gala on the Friday, and it was great to to meet him Amazing. as well. Uh, so that that was fantastic. But I've seen the people like James, who was there as well, um, with bringing his other half uh, to the event, which was great. And uh, yeah, it's plenty more as well. Uh, there's yeah. there's actually what's quite funny is if rancid pumpkin in the chat. There was another rancid in our community that is not pumpkin, and it escapes me the second part of the name. But it's another rancid who came up to me and was like, "I'm rancid." And I was like, "What pumpkin?" He was like, "No, no, no, the, the other rancid." <laughs> As if that's a normal sentence to say, like I'm the other rancid guy. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I love it when people meet you and they say, "I'm Guna Works in chat." You know, I'm... yeah, yeah, of course. Who is? In who the is chat? in uh, chat? Indeed, Bill. Fantastic to to meet uh, as well awesome. as well as everybody else as well. Yeah, um, we are here to talk about a couple of things. Um, we're going to talk about some of the things that happened the last few days off the pitch. Um, but I want to talk about the on pitch stuff first. Obviously, it was a real 
gut punch, I think, Wednesday. It was a reality check, kind of like, mm. you know, it's not just being like, kind of brought back down to earth. It's like being grabbed and then thrown over a shoulder like a wrestling move and slammed <laughs> into the ground in terms of a reality check. Um, and I want to talk a bit about kind of what we define as success in the context of Arsenal. Um, because I think the line would be, and, you know, something um, that was made a joke of during actually the live podcast was, the, the whole of I would have bitten your arm off to be you know second this season and we talked about that mm-hmm. a lot in the uh, in the podcast that we did in Chicago but in like talking seriously the the objective before the season began obviously was to get Champions League football that's what we were all looking for that's what we were all expecting mm-hmm. and yet like last season where the expectation was to just get back into European competition not necessarily Champions League football we've gone that one step further but then not quite made it to that step further mm-hmm. that we were so looking forward to so feeling optimistic about and so what do you think if we finish second that this can still go down as what could be described as a successful season so do you remember the season where Mourinho said one of the greatest achievements in my career is taking this Manchester City team and a uh, Manchester United team and finishing second and everyone laughed at him ridiculed him, which, by the way, is fun to do with Mourinho because he does set, set himself up. However, on this occasion, when people kind of revisited what, what had happened to Manchester United after Mourinho left, who, by the way, delivered them a cup double, uh, it's it really sits... You sit down and make it makes you think because when one of the best modern-day managers, whatever you think of him, says that, it it makes you wonder the difference in, in in what fans consider success versus the people who are behind the scenes in the trenches and play sports every single day. I think the Giannis video is something that's kind of inspired this conversation for me, especially because when I sat and listened to him and he talked about Jordan, how long did it take Michael Jordan to actually win an NBA championship? I don't know if the narrative is different, Tom, And help me with this one, because Liverpool have been so bad and Chelsea have been so bad and Manchester United haven't been great in the league. And therefore, because we have been superior to those teams, we should have closed or we should have won because of those other reasons, which, by the way, you could flip it and say, okay, well, those other teams have been great over the years and we haven't. So how do you constitute and measure that? Has everybody failed? so far in English football, other than Manchester City, who, by the way, haven't won it yet, has everyone failed then other than Manchester United who've won a cup? So for me, having come from the film industry too, you work on a film and it takes sometimes years. The shooting can take months. The film could actually die on its ass at the box office. If you ask the filmmakers and the people who made that film It doesn't change how they feel about what they produced. It just so happens the people weren't ready for that movie. They didn't want to see that movie. It was the movie of failure. Well, it didn't work, did it? But it's still a success for that group because, you know what, whether it's an independent filmmaker or Scorsese, they've gone on to make other great movies and achieved other great things. So I've learned a lot in terms of the success part because people want to point the finger at you, especially if you weren't a supporter of Arteta and now you're supporting the team. Well, you you were saying this or you wanted that. No, you're talking about results and you're talking about a period throughout a season. 
when we finished in the top four, to me, I felt that was huge for us to get back into Europe after failing the following year in the semi-final to, to Emery and losing that, right? Is that, I said, I just said the word failure. Is it, is it a failure? You get to the semi-final, you lose, you lost. But the way Giannis talked about it was so intelligent in, in how he compartmentalized what sports is. We don't want to be a team that's just after to participate. And, you know, that's for six and seven year olds in school now who get participation trophies. But when you look at where we've been as a club and the fact that we've gotten to the point of actually challenging for a title, I don't think you can say it's been a failure to lose the title to Manchester United at this point. I think that would be a bigger conversation. But to lose the title to the best team, it's so funny, isn't it? Everyone lords them as the best team. They're this juggernaut. They're this machine. They've got all this talent. And yet they want to attack us for actually being the only team that made it interesting this season. I don't, I don't quite understand that. Maybe you can help me. Yeah, no. Um, There's a lot to I, I think that I have, look, I have understanding for the people that think that this is not a successful season because we've not won anything is I think the key part of it that the people feel that, you know, we've not won a trophy. You know, I think I've seen suggestions that Man United have arguably had a better season because they won the League Cup and they could still win the FA Cup as well. I don't think they will, but, I, I, you know, they could. Um, I think that from the perspective of, for me, and as I talk about always, context is always important. Context is king in football. Mm. You know, um, people talk about success of different clubs and you have to take in the context of not only what's happened in the past, but what's led you to this point and what's going on in the season, who your opponents are and the factors that have affected where you are in the table, um, the restrictions, the mitigations, everything. And I think that I have, I, this season's been beyond whatever I, I thought we would do. You know, mm -hmm. it's gone well beyond my expectations. Now, one of the things that people say is that expectations change during a season and that if you perform or you're overperformed during a certain period and you're able to get ahead of what you thought you were going to do, then you start looking towards other objectives. And then if you don't reach those objectives, then it can be described again as a failure. Mm -hmm. I, again, have empathy for that point of view and I see that point of view. But if I... And I've put, a, by the way, I've put a poll in the chat box uh, for those. I'm going to do another poll in about five minutes' time. So get your answers in. If Arsenal finish second, is it a successful season is the question. I'll come back to that shortly. I think for me, the reason why I look at it as a success is because I'm always looking for progress. And you and me talk about that word progress all the time. You know, the progress in the process, I think, is the terminology we've used um, before. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always have to look at a manager and say, are they progressing a team? Has Arteta progressed Arsenal forwards? Undoubtedly is the answer. Undoubtedly, mm -hmm. Arsenal have moved forwards as a club. And so I, and, and when you bring about that Yanis conversation and he uses the analogy of, you know, did you get a promotion this year to the journey? Brilliant. But did you get, did you get better? Did you further what you did the year before? You may have not got a promotion, but did you get better as an individual? Did you get better as an employee? Did you get better in terms of what you provided for the, the company? And if the answer is yes, and yet you've still not received a promotion, I wouldn't describe what you've done as a failure. You've moved things forward. And I think exactly. that's such a great way of describing things about where Arsenal are. And 
you know, there's there's always going to be question marks about the trophy side of things. Go on, Seth, yeah. you want No, to the response to some um, folks when I posted that was, well, he won a championship last season. I'm like, exactly. You have to start somewhere. Do you know how yeah. long it took the Milwaukee Bucks to win a championship? I think what hurts here is it's not necessarily losing to City and feeling like we failed or we bottled it, right, or choked, whatever the words people want to use. It's the games against Southampton, West Ham. It's, you know, PGML coming out and apologizing to us, those lost points, which would come in real handy right now. It's where we've let ourselves down away at Everton. It's those moments, I think, that sting still in the back of our mind. And we know that we had the opportunity for something really big and for the first time in 20 years. But... You know, I, I I think that the FA Cups have helped and whatever, but there's only one team that can win everything. There's only one team that can win a competition, you know, and there are a lot of teams that would have loved to have won the FA Cup four times the way we have. Of course, we're going to be measured by the Premier League and winning the title, Tom, but not everyone can win the title. And everyone said last season, I was on Sky Sports with, I, I didn't even know this guy before I went on to Sky Sports and made this comment about how we're not going to be competing for the next 10 years. How do you know that? How does anybody actually know that? They told us last year that we weren't going to be in it because everyone's going to grow. Everyone's going to spend more money. Everyone's going to do all this stuff. And here we are challenging for the title. And note to Manchester City fans. Remember where you came from. It's really important. And I would suggest you go and buy a Chelsea fan a pint this evening and ask them. Right. You don't want to spend time with them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're, it's insane. It's insane. So, okay, you know, the YouTubers and the crazy people are going to say, you and I, we're soft. We're not, we're losers. We don't have a winning mentality. We, you don't know me and Tom if you think that. We want to win real bad. We want to win this this real bad. And by the way, mathematically, it's not over yet. Mentally, it might be, but mathematically, it's not. So. Cesar says, got here late. Can you guys start over? Yep, sure. No worries. <laughs> Let me just play the title music again. Um, I put the poll into the chat. If Arsenal finish second, is it a successful season? Um, from the people that have voted so far, 70% of you say yes, it is a successful season. 30% say no. I've got another question um, to throw into the chat box in terms of another poll. Um, my second question is, if you could swap uh, this season uh, for a fifth place finish, but a League Cup, would you, uh, is the question to throw in there. So swap you, what we're doing this season. By the way, we don't know how this season's going to end, by the way. No, so we don't. We could finish mind. third. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, people, um, but it's possible. Mathematically, there you go again. There's my maths. There Mike, you go. Mike, Magic Mike um, will be really proud of my maths tonight. <laughs> he would indeed. <laughs> um, the way he works out a bill after a meal, you know, less, less good. But, you know, <laughs> if you could swap this season for fifth place, I know I've spelt fifth wrong somehow in there. I wish you could edit polls. That's really irritating me now. Uh, finish, but uh, win the League Cup. Um, would you do that? So that's the question in the chat box. Um, let me know. Because, you know, from my perspective, that's that I think boils down to how you view trophies. You know, the, the League Cup is a trophy. 
there's no denial of the fact the League Cup is a trophy. Man United have got that. Uh, yes, they, they're probably going to finish higher than fifth. But I think what that question does is it separates, you know, those that feel that the trophy is the most important thing, even though it's the least kind of prestigious trophy that you can win compared to what we've done this season. And I think that what you look back at, and I've used this example before in the past, which I've actually now changed my mind on. Mm-hmm. I used to think that, you know, I'll look back in 30 years time and I won't remember that season we finished second, but I'll, I'll remember the season where we won that trophy. I don't actually feel that way anymore because I feel as though what this season has done is pushed, pushed us closer to getting to the absolute elite level way more than finishing fifth or finishing eighth and getting the FA Cup. You know, when we finished eighth and won the FA Cup in that moment, it was great. And I love winning the FA Cup. But if I could have swapped that for competing for the title that season and setting yourself up for the following season to build mm-hmm. upon that moment, I would have absolutely swapped it. Yeah. But the, the problem is, is that that then comes with the proviso that you do build upon it. And that's what I'm doing Bingo. right now. I'm kind yeah. of gambling on it in that moment because for me, this season's great. I've loved it. I've enjoyed it. Yes, there's been times I've felt awful because of what we failed to do mm-hmm. in some senses with the games against Newcastle at home and West Ham and Southampton and Southampton away, you know, and Anfield, you know, places where we could have got results, I think, and ultimately failed to do so. Mm-hmm. Brentford at home, but that's a whole different story with the VAR chaos. I'll tell you what, if we don't win the season by two points, I will be living on that VAR decision forever. Um, just going to put that out there now. But I think there was a question earlier on in the chat um, that I wanted to highlight from Alexis that was, where is it? Let me find it. It was basically asked a question uh, that, what if we don't how many more years here it is tom how many more years will we have to wait Mm. for a premier league now the reason why i wanted to highlight this question is because i tell you what the answer is a lot i think a lot less now we've had this season do you know what i mean yeah yeah. you know if we'd have had the season that we thought we were going to have where we'd be fighting with liverpool and chelsea who you know haven't been able to do it man united spurs you know, if we've been fighting with those teams for a top four place and got it, I'd be like, great, we've got top four. Let's build on this. Let's establish ourselves in the top four and try and push and keep progressing. But the thing is, is with the, the answer to this question is, for me, a lot less than I ever thought that we would be. And we've got closer to it way faster than I thought we'd be able to. What do you think? So I, I, I'm with you on the, I always have been and have grown up in a generation where winning is you know so is part of being a fan and enjoying following your club right and i've all, i would always pick a trophy uh, over you know placement however when you answer those kinds of questions when you are not a good team and you're continually finishing fifth or eighth the answer evolves and becomes very different when you're fighting for a, a title and i think one of the things that some fans fail to see is especially in the in the world we're in, Tom, is that you change, your opinion changes as you go. Lee Judges talks about this a lot, doesn't he? The, the, the season shifts and moves and so therefore do opinions, right? I mean, someone in your family says or does something really bad to another member of your family, you're going to think a little bit differently about them and whatever the situation is. That's just the reality of, how, of, of, of life. So, you know, for, for me, I, I feel that I was talking to a Liverpool fan earlier today and he said he's he is more gutted about 2014 than he is about the seasons where they lost on a a, a point by city because what he was saying is there's just some teams you cannot beat 
They're just better than you. And Liverpool, we, I compare us to a lot, Tom, because I feel like it's the closest thing. 30 years for them, right? They lost the Europa League. Was it the semi-final to Emery? Um, uh, yes. A few uh, years ago, Sevilla. right? The, clock, might, the, severe... the final. I think it might have been the final. Semi-final or final. And yeah. slowly, though, you could see what Klopp was doing and what Klopp was building. In the past, we haven't seen those signs in the Premier League. Only the Leicester season. And you know what? We didn't win the title that year, but fans still remember that season because we got really close and we all know the Welbeck header and stuff like that. So because we're back in it, because we're challenging again, you do see things just a little bit differently. And that Liverpool fan I thought was really interesting in terms of how he perceived, you know, so-called success versus failure, but which was more, you know, in his mind versus all the others. And I think that the closest thing that we can compare us to is Liverpool. Yeah, I, I love this comment. Nevin says here, fifth in a Carabao Cup is what I expect from Spurs. Give me a title <laughs> race all season. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm just surprised you expect a trophy from Spurs, to be honest. Although Tom, it's the can last I, can I ask one. you a question? Go for it. Because we talk about it all the time with Kevin. I know you do as well. I am so shocked, yet not, but shocked by how Arsenal Football Club trigger people. Mm. I mean, this guy I'm on Sky with, he's on top of the league. They've won everything. And he's so triggered by us, just continually wanting to point out, you drew this and you did that. And you, t-. yes, those are all facts. There's no arguing with that. Let's talk about football. What should we debate, right? What should we be really discussing? I just don't understand. Why are Gary Neville and Rio Ferdinand so triggered by us? I mean, what have their team done in the league this season? They're an embarrassment at times. So I don't understand when a club has kind of fallen and they were, you know, we, we've, we're we a really great club. I think we represent English football really well, the Premier League really well. But the hatred for Manchester City's oil money to rise above us and win, I, I just, I, I don't understand. And I... And then real quick, Tom, this this guy, this guy, right, it's like you keep bringing up the Invincibles. Okay, so all week, all we've heard about is Man United's treble. And that was Mm. seven years before our Invincibles. So we can't talk about the greatest season the Premier League has ever seen, but everybody else can talk about their great seasons. I've had it up to here this week. I really have. You may be able to tell. And, you know, I think it shows. Um, and And I don't, I don't blame you for that. I think... There's two reasons why that you you get the the triggered side of it. I think is that one we have to be I think magnanimous to admit that we have quite a um, we have a massive social media presence, and obviously we can't account for the actions of every single one of our own supporters. And I think there are a lot of antagonistic fans that are Arsenal fans out there, um, mm-hmm. and so we can only account for our own actions and the actions of well, not even the actions of our friends and, and close ones because everyone's only accountable for their own what they do. So I think there are antagonistic Arsenal fans out there. I think the uh, previous iteration of AFTV, for instance, which I, as I always bring up when I talk about AFTV, there's a lot of work gone into that channel to change the perception of it, to change the content they produce. But previously, you know, a lot of antagonistic. Get um, that. That's a stigma viewpoint. then now, isn't it? It's yeah, a stigma. It's a stigma. Absolutely. Um, and and that's something that I don't think, you know, will ever leave. It's never going to leave the Arsenal side of things. And, and that's just 
what part and parcel of, of what that is. But the other side of it and the other reason is one I have a really big issue with and one mm. I really get frustrated with. And I get frustrated in the sense of that I'm in this business, in this field, in the media, in content production, is that I think there's a lot of fakery. Um, and I think there's a lot of n- nothing that's genuine. There's a lot of what's the opposite of genuine using the same term? Is it disingenuous? Disingenuous. disingenuous. There's a lot of disingenuous content. And I think there's a lot of fake opinions that are put out because they're clippable, because they get a reaction and because it keeps certain people in jobs is one of the reasons. And I think that a lot of people know in the industry that if you put something out there that's flammable, that's going to get you a reaction, it's going to get people coming back, it's going to get you engagement, you're going to stay where you are. You're going to keep your position. And I think that unfortunately, it's a bit like the transfer situation now where the whole business of, of transfers used to be about being right. It's no longer about being right. It's about being first with information. Hmm. Whether you get it right or not, having information and being first is more important than being right these days. And it's a big problem that I have in the industry. It's why, you know, when people ask my opinion on, do you know what's happening in this deal? Or do you know what's happening in this deal? Yes, it might be from my perspective as a journalist, it might look bad if I don't have a an angle on it or if I don't have a line into that story, you know. But I'd rather say to people, no, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in this deal because I'd rather be right than have information uh, rather than than in, invent information just to be right yeah. or go to a bad source just to get some information in the same sense that I hope that everybody that watches the channel and everybody watches your channel knows that mine and Sophie's views when we put them out is how we genuinely feel in that moment about what we're talking about. And I'm afraid that I just have a horrible suspicion to the point where I believe it to be true that there are a lot of opinions that are put out there that I just don't think are genuine uh, because they know they're going to get a reaction. I think that's a fantastic point. And I'm wondering if there's going to be a shift in gears at some point because there are so many wonderful Arsenal fans out there, including the people in your live chat right now, who enjoy really good content and really good conversations. And they really want to know what you think, Tom. You write about the club, you go to training, you know, you, you're at the press conferences, you, you travel away, you do all those, all those bits and bobs. We have players on our show, we have people behind the scenes. The fans want to be a fly on the wall. They want to know what's happening. Real football talk, right? Not kind of gaslighting. Look, Kevin and I go, we, we argued more, obviously, when we weren't doing well, but we still you know, have passionate debates. And I'm wondering if a little bit like the media space years ago where, you know, you have your broadsheets and you have your newspapers and then there's the National Enquirer. And I'm just wondering if there's going to be a little bit of a, I think there'll always be people who want to read the National Enquirer. But I also think there's a lot of Arsenal fans who are super smart and who want to maybe, you know, read a 442 or whatever. And that's that's kind of kind of how best I can compare it in terms of new media is a wonderful thing because everyone has a voice, but it doesn't mean every voice is a good thing. Yeah, no, I think that's spot on. Um, 
it's it kind of actually blends really well into what I want to talk about next. So it's a shame that I, I can't segue into it immediately, and we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> Just to, to tackle the to- uh, the, the poll, um, which has taken a toll on some people, it seems. Uh, if you could swap this season for fifth place um, and a league uh, and a league cup, would you? Ten uh, percent of people said yes, um, which is more than I thought. Ninety percent of people uh, have said no; they wouldn't swap it. So that does fulfill a little bit more uh you know <laughs> appreciation who said are, arsenal you know. fans don't want to win the big one eh <laughs> yeah exactly exactly um oh. and you know i think for the 10 percent that have voted um that they'd rather have fifth in the trophy i think what i would say to you is that i think you need to look at the bigger picture i think you need to look at what this season could mean for arsenal going forwards and i think that what this season does is it gets us closer to the big one you know even if we wherever we finish this season i think it gets us closer to the big one way more than finishing fifth and getting a League Cup does. Way more. You know, yeah. you tell me, did Arteta get as closer to a Premier League title now or in the short-term future compared to when Arsene Wenger won that FA Cup in 2014? When he got it in 2015 and 2017, I think it was 2017. Uh, or when Arteta got it in 2020. Mm-hmm. Because every single one of those four seasons didn't get us a step closer to the Premier League anywhere near as much as this season has got us a step closer to a Premier League and right. potentially maybe more in the future. Exactly, Tom. And last season, the answer probably would have been different for a lot of fans, you know, mm. because if we'd have won the, the League Cup, we would have gotten back into the Europa League anyway. So what does it matter if you finish fifth or eighth? Conference but, League now, you get for that competition. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, for me, it's been an amazing season. I've had such a phenomenal time following my team. I've spent a lot of money flying to um, England to watch um, a bunch of games and I'll do it every year because I love it. And no matter what happens, you know, I'll always do that. And it's just been fun. Look at the memories that we've made as well. I can hear someone saying, look and listen to her talk about memories. Football's about memories. It's about friendships. It's about experiences. We we win and we fall together. Fergus and Guna Hilsey send me videos, which I've got a bunch to post. I don't care that we lost, but what they do and what they talk about and what they, or they say is a beautiful thing too. They've been following the Arsenal since the 70s. You and I have had some great times together this season. Last season, we've done panels, we've done Q&As. You know, we've met people, more people from the Arsenal America group. And the, the team has connected us all and I think there's other intangibles that have happened off the pitch that you just you just can't say that from a, a turnkey point of view, this football club hasn't evolved greatly this season. Absolutely. Uh, it is, for me, you know, transformed. It's gone to the next level. And I think we need to talk about in the future shows about how we go to the next level. We have to. Which is getting closer to City. Exactly. Um, now, that, that, that conversation next year, Tom, could look very different because if mm. we don't move forward... You and yeah. I will be the first to say unacceptable. Hundred percent. Progression has always been my measure. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single season, it's been my measure. And yes, I've had my wobble. I had my wobble after the Europa League exit from against Villarreal. That was my wobble. But, I had a massive one. <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot Actually, of fans did. It wasn't I, even I a wobble. I was on a train. Yeah, Soph jumped off the cliff at that point. <laughs> but thankfully, she had a parachute on, so it was all fine in the end. But uh, yeah, look, there's obviously two parts to this show. And the second part of the show, you've, you've alluded to the conversation you had with Bovi, I think his name is, um, uh, the Manchester City supporter that you did on Sky, uh, mm. which I watched um, ahead of the Man City game. And I thought, by the way, and I tweeted this as well, uh, that you represented the Arsenal fan base 
brilliantly and put across the point of view of a lot. You know, I'd say probably the majority of how Arsenal fans feel. Um, and, you know, I did get a sense of, you know, I think he was trying to be antagonistic and, you know, oh. ironically do a lot of what I've been talking about, about generating, you know, a very clippable yeah. moment where I think actually, ironically, you create a very clippable moment through genuine views and opinions that actually galvanized, I think, a lot of support in your corner. However, there was the flip side to the coin, which was that you received ridiculous numbers of sexists and homophobic abuse um, that you had to deal with. And, uh, you know, I text you later on, I think it was on the Wednesday, you know, as always sending you support. And I'm sure that a lot of people watching this, if they had your number, would have done the same thing. Um, but just tell me about the experience of... When you finished, uh, you can talk at length, you know, about the, the 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 examples of abuse. But I can't. What I'm interested in is like your journey in a mental state from finishing up that stream, being probably you know pretty happy with yourself about the points you put across, the way you held yourself, the the way in which that you responded to the questions and really backed your club. To then obviously go and see the feedback because you know we all love hearing feedback about what we've done. We always check comment sections, etc. And how kind of that mental state change in the following 48 hours. Yeah, I appreciate you asking the question. And I'd also like to say that the conversation Tom and I are having too, there are some YouTubers that thrive on receiving hate. They thrive on that. I'm just, I'm not that type of person because I don't believe that that's right. We talk football and, you know, I love talking football and uh, it's been fabulous opportunity, especially this season, to be going on Sky Sports News and representing my club and talking about my club. You know, being there in September on uh, in the studio and doing the transfer deadline day, it was unbelievable. And, you know, our supporters, you know, are always so supportive. And it was uh, it was really weird because I've not had that kind of I've, I get abuse every single day, but this was completely unlike anything I've experienced. And of course, it's not all Manchester City fans, but it's a, you know, a portion of Manchester City fans that came after me about my sexuality. Um, you know, some asked if about, you know, is Sophie a man? I can't tell. As blunt as you like, be as blunt as you want. Um, yeah. You know, I listen to her. Um, I, I'd love, I'll soak up her LGBTQ plus tears. I mean, it, some of it was vile, really vile. And I'm a strong person and I can take that. You know, I'm a, I'm a grown woman. I've been through a lot. Uh, people think that just because there's a movement right now for the gay community that, you know, you're, everything's perfect and everything's right. And people don't realize that it's taken so long to even get to this point, to be able to be vocal, to be able to be seen and heard and all of those different things. And I think about young people who listen to my show and the people who write to me and young people who are looking uh, to belong somewhere and be part of something, people who are going through depression and really bad stuff. And I stand up for those people and I speak out for those people because I was one of those people. So they can come at me with all the hate they want. And you know what? These platforms need to do a better job of policing all this stuff because there could be a person that's receiving the abuse that maybe isn't as strong as me or as strong-willed as me. And so for all of the young people out there, you know, don't ever accept that. And if you are in a position, you write to me, thehybridsquad at gmail.com. I'll always be there to help and support you. And, 
you know, um, we're, we're show our gay gooners do an amazing job. They've crossed the lines. They work with the city um, groups. They work with Tottenham. They work with Manchester United. And a few of those reached out to me as well today. And it just shows you that there's a community of really good people out there. But the Manchester City fans and those that were abusive, you know, be very careful about that stuff because it's, firstly, it's unacceptable. We can talk football. Come on my show and debate me. Let's talk about football because that's what I do. I talk about football. You, you got personal and that's unacceptable. But next time you want to have a football conversation, why don't you email me, thehybridsquad at gmail.com, and let's go at it instead of hiding behind your keyboard and abusing people and sending awful, vile messages that can really do damage. It, 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 it makes me kind of like, it's, it's difficult not to be emotional hearing like about these types of things, you know, it's difficult for me to understand wholly and I never will, you know, face what you faced. It's impossible for me to have done. Um, and I think maybe that's what some people don't really get is that you, that, you know, people like me, straight guy i'm never gonna you know i'm never gonna experience the sexist but you, you and, do and tom i see people listen I, it works both ways it's not just because i'm gay and i'm a woman some yeah. of the things that tom people said to tom the other day i don't know who show was it your own show or someone no, i went on dan's by the way potsy just because um i don't want this to come across like oh i jumped on dan's channel and got all this abuse this is all his fault i don't want to caveat that it's not no, because that's, that's not dan. that's not dan and that's not what dan it's stands not, for or represents no, of course. No. You know, Dan, Dan can't has control views. It, can you? Dan can't, no, he can't be across everything. You know, Dan does a lot of work. He has his own job, has two channels that he's on. You know, this isn't about me moaning about comments I've got after going on Dan's show, and I'll happily go on Dan's show again. At the end of the day, you know, I hate saying to people, you need to have thick skin. In this world, you do need to have thick skin. It's not acceptable, the things that happen to us. But, mm -hmm. you know, having that, we've, my, me and Sophie have learned that, you know, if you want to carry on, you know, things aren't going to solve themselves and people aren't ultimately always going to be there to help you and things aren't going to be solved unless you do try and do something about it. And to do that, you do have to have a level of um, strength. And uh, I don't use the word courage because I, I feel like, you know, that's, that's not the right I don't think that there's a lot of courageous acts. I don't think necessarily compare in the same way to me being young called to see you next Tuesday. Courage. When you're younger, yeah, it does, it does, you know. It, yeah, it really for does. sure. And yeah. I think it's 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 always for me a frustration that this this problem is something that as the listeners of the channel will know, we've talked about year on year on year on year. And we'll continue to talk about it. We, I'm not expecting it to be solved. More about this is always the awareness that's, that we mm -hmm. raise by talking about these topics. Um, it's. I find it odd that the... What I, so to give context for those that didn't watch, so from my side of things, when I hopped on Dan's channel yesterday, we were talking about one of the topics was um, people calling Arteta to be sacked, effectively. Um, <laughs> I mean, even... Yeah, <laughs> And so I laugh at that, right? And people think that I'm condescending or patronizing because I laugh at some opinions like that. And look, if you think I'm condescending, that's fine. That's your opinion. You're, you know, if, if you think me laughing at your view that Arteta should be sacked is condescending, then fair enough. You know, I'm not going to apologize for, for me thinking that that opinion is a bit silly. You know, it's the, the, the line of I respect everyone's opinion. Sure. Like I respect it in the sense that I respect that you're able to voice it, but I'm still going to 
I might still chuckle at something I think is ridiculous. And I don't think that's condescending. And if you do, fair enough. No, um, do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> There's some things I just find. And the idea that you'd sack Arteta after he's taken us well beyond anyone that expected him to, you know, I, I think is a bit funny. I can't help that. Um, but the the reaction, like it's the whole idea of, of Newton's third law of, you know, for every action is an equal and opposite reaction. There's anything but in this case, you know, me having a bit of a chuckle at people thinking that Arteta should be sacked is then responded to with me getting called X, Y, Z, you know, is it's not an equal response. And I always find, Sophie, as well, that these people, and I'm sure you have as well, that the people that are abusive to you and to me in different forms, when you offer them the opportunity to come on or speak to you face to face or have join in our phone in show, never, ever, ever do. Never. And that makes me that makes me more secure. I'm a lot more secure in myself because yeah. I know the difference between ourselves and those people that are abusive is is ultimately they're cowards, is what they are. Yeah. And Harry, you know, Harry did the same, didn't he? I mean, Harry received a tremendous amount you know, of, yeah. of, of abuse yeah, yeah. as well. It's like, I wanted to make it clear because it's not, like I said, it's not just about me being a woman or a gay woman. It happens to the guys as well. And it's just unacceptable. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the people that bring you content work really hard to do it. And I know the people right now in chat appreciate it. The right fans do appreciate it. And I just feel that, you know, um, the debate was fun. You know, we had fun debating and you know, City got the best of us, and that's just how it is. They're a superior force on the pitch right now. And it was fun debating the day before the game, and it was fun debating the day after the game. The day after the game. It was a little bit of a different debate when someone is just continually just trying to, you know, gaslight the Arsenal. However, what happened after was totally unacceptable. And the Manchester City representative on Sky, I would assume, would think it was unacceptable as well that any of that ensued afterwards. You would hope that they would think it was unacceptable because I'm pretty sure that he probably got uh, abuse from Arsenal fans. Yeah, probably. So it works both ways, right? Mm. Doesn't make – and none of it is right. None of no, it is right. No, um... It doesn't make it right at all, and you know that's that's what I don't want this to come across. Is this and when we're talking about you? It's it's the prop. The, the, the worst thing you can do is generalize, you know, and generalize fans. Mm -hmm. That's why I always say to people when you talk about opinions in different sectors, always use the word some fans, some people think yeah. this way because it's important yes. not to generalize everybody in a certain sector uh, about a certain point of view. Um, exactly. I, I get so tired though, Soph, of having to say over and over again, and you've already said it actually on this show is that more needs to be done those words of more needs to be done it feels like we've been saying it for years and nothing nothing has you know right um i think if anything twitter's gone in the exact opposite direction recently for obvious reasons you know and the allowance it's like a free-for-all out there isn't it it's uh yeah it's and crazy. people will say we'll just get off social media and then and you have to be realistic what where what we do on a daily basis we need social media you know we need to have that platform um to yeah to spread what we produce, to do our jobs, you know, it's part and parcel of that. So it's not as easy as just jumping off social media. And I was actually, um, I was talking to Craig actually from Same Old Arsenal the other day, who of course started the Guna Talk. Mm -hmm. I was having a chat with him and uh, he seemed a bit perkier than the last time I'd spoken to him. Well, and I was like, good. I was like, um, how's things you sound? He was like, yeah, I've come off social media. And I was like, <laughs> you wow. know, it makes complete sense, you know, that, yeah. that, yeah, that you're feeling a lot better and that, and that you know, fair play. Um, People used to take spa breaks. Now they take social media breaks. 
Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the reality so, of where we're at right now. There's so much beautiful things on social media you find through people and stories. It really is. Um, but unfortunately, the toxicity and uh, the nastiness, which is a small percentage, are the have the loudest voice and it's amplified. Um, so we'll continue to stop. Um, we'll We'll continue to talk about it. And some people will say, well, stop talking about it because you're giving them, you know, credence. And it's it's like, no, if you don't talk about racism, if you don't talk about homophobia, if you don't talk about misogyny, if you don't talk about all, any of this stuff, nothing ever gets resolved. And, yeah, it's uh, you can criticize, criticize. Let's have, you know, let's have opinions. Go back and forth. We We have opinions about our players every week when they play. You can certainly have opinions about us. No question. But we've always said when it gets to like abusive, vile messages, sorry, just. Uh, yeah, oh, yes, just I people. Yeah, I said this on the in the live show in numbers. Chicago. Um, it's like I, I, I'm i kind of in between this. I used to be back in the day and say things like, you know, just block and move on, block and move. But it's really hard to do that. It's really hard when, so, when you know you'll know this when you read through comment sections of a show that you've done or you've been on another channel, you'll see comments that are really nice, like mm. oh, great words, really level headed, really objective, which is things that people say all the time here. And I hope that's what we deliver to you because that's what I'm aiming to deliver. Um, but as soon as you get one comment like, ah, oh, this guy's an idiot, don't know what he's talking about, you take that more way more than you do the positive energy that you've received. Yeah. Um, I, it's it's really difficult. One thing that really bugs me sometimes, I think I get too hung up on, is misrepresentation of things that I've said. Oh, you're that really very good at that, though. You are. Ve you, hey, I've been on the end of that. Soph, where's the link? Show me. When did I? When did I say that? Uh, let me just go find it. <laughs> me and Dan Pot. <laughs> Dan, where's the link? Where's We're the link? We're to forget she's meant to come on the show. <laughs> so I said. I, I told you. I told you. Ages ago. But yeah. But no. It's you know. It's. Um, yeah, I get that people want to make up stuff about things that I've said. You know, it makes it's it's an attempt to undermine my view on things. Or I don't know if it's ever happened to you where people have just made things up or just pretended you've said things that you haven't. Um, it's it's going to happen. I don't know why it's an attempt. You know, I think that you know if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But I feel like I'm very open to have those conversations with people. Definitely. And I always, and I try and do phone-in shows and I invite people on, you know, there'll be times where Mike has a go at me. He's like, why did you spend so long arguing with one guy in the chat box? And it's like, because, <laughs> because I want to, because I'm passionate about this topic. I'm passionate <laughs> about what we do. And I think that's what probably lends itself to us is because we're, we're very passionate about things. And that probably leads us into dangerous places. Yeah. I mean, listen, what is life without passion and being passionate about things and standing up for things and things that you believe in? And, mm. you know, Tom, I had to hide for a long time who I was, the person I was. I had to hide from my own family, my friends, work, society. I'm not a bad person. I'm full of love. I don't hate anybody. You can be whoever you want to be. Let's just accept each other for who we are. What is the big deal? Why do we continue to make this such a big deal? The end of the day, we all love football. So we have more in common than you think. That's it. Yeah, everyone's the same underneath, you know, and it's it's so strange that people take such 
the, the differences in people and this is obviously this is going to apply far more to you than, than to me but like you know the different the, the fact that differences within people are so heavily focused on um and so used to discriminate it's so... unacceptable then when you yeah. live who you are and you live the real per the, the person that you've been hiding is is there it's just the most wonderful beautiful thing and i would hate that that's taken away from any young person i don't think people realize how big it is you know you can go out every day and be you there are so many people who can't and when that moment happens it's so liberating and it should be celebrated it shouldn't be you know trashed yeah <laughs> you know, it's, I think I was having the conversation with Georgia the other day. She was asking why I did something. I was like, I was like, you know what? When I die, I just want to be known as that. Oh, that guy was a nice bloke. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's kind of all I want when I go. Is just people just turning. Who oh, loves no, drinking nice Marlow? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be on my gravestone. He was a nice bloke. You know, <laughs> that's 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 all I care about. You know, is, at the end of the day, is I just want people. To, not in the sense that like I'm going to pretend and. You know, just be nice for the sake of being nice. But you know, it, kindness is cost nothing. You know, Does, just be nice free. to people. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so easy, and it's so much nicer. You know, people thinking you are than you know. The, I think the whole social side of things is saying you know that people get so praised for saying, "Oh, that guy's that guy, that girl says things with chest." You know, they they say what they mean. You know, they say what they think, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you can do that in a respectable objective way without being a dick you know <laughs> like totally it's possible totally. to do that you know yeah. and that's why I'm, i think that people put so much emphasis on the idea that saying things with in certain ways and being you know what some people would describe this as anti-bravery if you like in the sense of being brave enough to say things and not be scared that they what they're saying might be offensive to people that's apparently being brave you know mm. like fair play to those people like no like you should take the time to be conscious about the things that you've said and that you're going to say and yes. think before you speak and by the way people do make mistakes you know put that out there you know i'm not expecting everybody in the chat box anyone that said anything ever you know to have been perfect i've said things when i was younger i'll probably say things in the future that i'll look back and go oh, you idiot what is that for you know you should do really that every day that. <laughs> yeah yeah like and, and that's what i don't want I'm, i don't believe in cancel culture you know, I, I, I'm a real stickler for that. You know, I believe if, in if education. hundred percent. You know, I couldn't put it about myself. It's always going to be about making sure people are given second. And that's why I don't. And while I'm pretty trigger happy with a block button, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm very trigger happy. With block. I was speaking to, I've spoken to James Bench, spoken to Charles Watts on the show. And I said, how out of interest, you know, from covering transfers and for the amount of stick you must get, how many people have you blocked? And they both said, oh, I don't block anyone. I just mute them. Like it's, uh, I don't block anyone. We just mute people and i'm mm. like fair play like that takes you know i i block like it's going out of fashion which yeah, I know i'm not a blocker comes across a bit hypocritical regarding the whole cancel culture but what i say to people is if i've ever blocked you on the channel and you're still watching because you can block people but they can still watch that's the way youtube works they just mm. can't leave comments and stuff is if you want to dm me on social media or whatever and say and have a chat about what happened or why i blocked you and then maybe we can come to you know maybe i can better understand why you said what you said or you want to apologize for being abusive you know i'll unblock you in a second that's not an issue to me you know so yeah is that do you think i'm too trigger happy with a block button is it bad every now and again i think magic button? magic's giving you some good advice along the way about that yeah um here's the way i see it uh with the blocking and stuff 
do we become complicit when we block? Because what do you mean by that? By, maybe that's the wrong word, by, you know, you ignore everything around you mm. and therefore it just goes away, right? So yeah. if you ignore someone or block them, then they just go on and abuse somebody else. Mm. I'm, I'm sure you report it before you block them. Yeah, so, it's abuse yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's just some folks that do deserve the old block. Um, I mean, if you're blocking like Rob Holding, you got some problems. But if you're blocking like, you know, <laughs> Gabrielle, Saliba, then you're all right. Sorry. To be fair, blocking is one of the few things Rob Holding's been good at. <laughs> Actually, to be fair to Rob, bless him. That was a cheap joke on my part. It See? Was a cheap joke. <laughs> you know. so I'm sure he's got thick skin by this point. He can probably take it. Um, look, uh, we've been going for 50 minutes now wow. on this. And I did want to make Craziness. sure that we were off by 10. Um, any kind of final words? You know, I, I think in respect to what you said there, maybe I'll be less um, trigger happy with the block. But what I usually say is that if I'm usually blocking people if they're just like saying something just not you know well derogatory certainly but certainly like you know oh you don't know what you're talking about or like uh, or if they misquote me or something like I'm just like oh, I'm just bored. You're, you don't <laughs> like your your beef is really being misquoted. That is your I hate kryptonite. It. Your kryptonite. Yeah, and that's why yeah. people make up stuff about me because they know that really gets, that bothers <laughs> me. You know, so like, oh, do you hear what that Canton guy said? He was like, he said, oh, you know, I don't know the example, guys. <laughs> so many times it's happened, oh, but yeah. it's really like I'm like, when did I say that? And that's why I say to people, I was like, leave me the minute in the show where I said what you think I've said. And often they're like, oh, I'm not going to go back and watch the whole show. And that's because, you know, that I didn't say that. <laughs> you know? take, take, take a shot every time someone said that uh, they quoted you or misquoted you. Yeah. There's a show. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I would be, yeah, I'd be in a somewhere getting help by that point, you know. Uh, so, there's you know, a me- there's someone, problems. how big is your block list? Someone's. <laughs> how, I think genuinely, I reckon I've blocked over a thousand accounts. Wow. I reckon I must have blocked. Yeah, surely. It's. I, I say I'm trigger happy. I don't know if you can find out how, like the number. Dear God, you have I'm, a problem then. Re, yeah. Do you think it is, or do you I think, think there's I've just that many five people, people. That are not very nice out there? I just. <laughs> it, I just. I, I think that's a fair point. You know, I think there might just be that many people. So if I go onto YouTube now, um, <laughs> there's like a thing where you can, like, check the comments of the people that you have blocked, and it says something like reveal. X number. amount more. Oh, it doesn't do it anymore. That's annoying. Dun, it used dun, to say dun. like reveal the others, but it used to be like seven hundred, and that was like two years ago. So I reckon I've definitely blocked at least I, another three hundred. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. There's a lot of spam I, accounts. You have to remember that as well. There is a lot yeah. of spam and stuff. Um, so, also, yeah. sometimes people you block, they come back under another alias, which I always yeah, love. They're that's... that desperate to to get to me. <laughs> You know how long it takes to make a new Google account? It's actually, it's actually like an investment of time. It is. Like, it's massive. If that's if that's how much you're willing to kind of put into sending me a rude message, I kind of respect it. <laughs> Fair play to you. That's an totally. investment of time I don't have. Um, yeah, and the one person I haven't blocked is, is Elliot, even though he tells me to every single time I listen to him. So... <laughs> You know, uh, you can block me at Yankee Gunner. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I should mention that because uh, we announced today that we have donated um, one and a half thousand pounds um, to the Arsenal Foundation through Arsenal Brilliant. Fundraiser. Thank you, Sophie. Um, and obviously, that's that's come from all the people that have bought the the TGT caps. Fifty uh, percent of all the caps, the, the profit of the caps we make goes to the Arsenal Foundation anyway. So we've just pushed it straight into the fundraiser. Um, I said I was going to match everything that we raised this month up to five hundred pounds. You went past the five hundred pounds, so I, I donated that five hundred pounds on top of that. Uh, we had a couple of people message about saying they. I said this morning that um, 
we've made just over 1400 and i had someone message me who i really should give credit to um which i'm going to go onto my phone now and give the person credit um they said oh whatever it is i'll round it up to oh to wow Andrew Jones, thank you for that. Um, nice. I don't know if you wanted me to name you, I've done it now. There's no taking <laughs> it back. Um, but Andrew, thank you. We rounded it up to 1500 today, uh, which is great and uh, very generous indeed. And yeah, and all the membership money from this month as well, we donated through to make up to that 1500 So yeah, thank you everybody that's helped us. Well Sophie, done. thank you so much for your time. As Thanks always. for having it's me, been Tom. Conversation. Been lovely. Really good. Great mm. stuff. Um, always love talking with you. And I always appreciate and respect how open you are to have these conversations because you don't have to do it on your channel. You don't have to ask the questions, but you're not afraid to. And I think it's really important to have voices like yours in our community. And thank you for, uh, for having me. So uh, you can find Sophie at the high or at Highbury squad. Uh, just type in Highbury squad on Twitter or on YouTube, and it will be found. If you're not subscribed, what are you doing? What are you doing? So make sure that you are subbed. Fantastic daily, nearly daily, pretty much daily content. Um, you know, yeah. we can't all be up at 8 a.m. every morning. No, we can't. Sure. Although um, I do, I'm up at midnight here to watch you at 8 a.m. a lot of the time. So that's that. always nice. Uh, usually yeah. last thing I see at night is Tom <laughs> before and, I know, go to bed. The missus hates that. <laughs> <laughs> Both our missus hate that. The last thing we see is, is Sophie sees is me. Uh, but no, thank oh. you everybody for listening. Do tune in to Sophie's Hybrid Squads and all the associated channels as well. Uh, you'll be sure to see her back very soon on whenever we do the next Eat, Sleep, Arsenal repeat, which I know we've been lacking on, but it's been so hectic recently uh, with Chicago and midweek games that we've not been able to do it. But I'm sure in the summer transfer window when the games are stopped, we'll be able to get back doing that relatively regularly. So that's great. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Drop a like, subscribe if you're new. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Support comes from ServiceNow the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.